Okay. So the question or the discussion I wanted to bring up the topic of today, uh, just a few words of introduction, and that is sometimes uh, a- areas which people today, it's a, our tune to thinking is uh, the success of society or something which they're proud of, which is basically something which the world in which we live in considers an advancement and achievement. So it's much harder for people to see a second option and see why what they consider always to be such an amazing achievement and such a sign of progress is really the opposite. So in cases like this, so then the first point always is to go back to the sages for ourselves, understand the, top, the concept, underlying concept well, and then that at least gives us the confidence that if we're going to try and present a different position to what people take for granted to be correct, at least we're confident in ourselves, we know where we're coming from. And then afterwards, as always, we'll talk about the, the ways to actually put across the answer. And with that introduction, what I want to talk about today is the topic of democracy. Is democracy a good thing? Is democracy not a good thing? Now, once again, the Western world looks at democracy as one of its crowning achievements. It was much better than all the autocracies which came before it, all the various uh, systems which are dominated by czars or by popes or by uh, uh, other, other people who took advantage of the rabbi. And therefore, they considered democracy to be the most fair and the most uh, above-board system of government. Okay, so let's first talk about a little bit of Torah background, and uh, then afterwards the tradition will come to address the, the questions as they come up. So let's start with Asif's question. We know that after reading all about the extended family tree of Esau, we're not yet done, the Torah goes back and tells us all the names of Esau's various children and grandchildren again, but it tells us that each one was an aluf, a chieftain, a, a minister, there's a love Zarach and a love Mazan, a love Tishon, a love Tishon. Everyone, all, every single person in the family is in the love. And uh, we, we don't find that in Yaakov's family we had some, no one was in the love. We don't have any chiefs. There was no Aluf Riyan, Ruvain, Aluf Shimon, Aluf Levi. Nothing. We told that these are the sons of Yaakov, these are the grandsons of Yaakov. That's all. When it comes to Esau's family, wow. Everybody's a person of prominence. There isn't a single descendant of Esau who isn't Aluf someone. And. Uh, even Esau's wives, they also are looking. Everybody. And the first question is that why was Esau, so to speak, <coughs> fortunate enough to have so many nobility within his descendants? In Yaakov, we never find it. That's the first thing. And the second question is if you look at the Aftarah, you see exactly the opposite. We think of Esau as being a nation of leaders, a nation of chiefs, a nation of people of importance and prominence. You look at the Aftarah and you see that the way that the Navi refers to Esau, you are the most insignificant of any other nation. You are extremely lacking respect. You are insignificant, so to speak, unimportant people. And how does that tally with... And how does that tally with... How does that line up with the, the description we have of everybody in Esau's family uh, all being in the love? So the answer is not only that it's not a contradiction, the one explains the other one. Let me tell you the story. Uh, this, uh, the story is brought in the safe of the Dubna Maggid. Basically, he lived at the time of the Vilna Gaon. And it was a time when everybody, even in his own lifetime, the Vilna Gaon was respected as being on the level way and beyond everybody else in their learning and understanding and greatness. 
appreciate that he was a god leader. And it was one of the topics, although Mangu happens to know him personally, one of the topics he used to speak about, and he used to go around from village to village to, to give drashas, so he used to speak about the Vilnagon. It's in one small town in Europe. So the Dubin Maggid comes, and he speaks about the tremendous greatness of the Vilnagon. And afterwards, the local rabbi comes up to him and says, I don't really understand that uh, everyone makes a big deal of the Vilnagon. I don't really understand what's so great about him. So he's learned the Gemara. What's not the Gemara? He's learned halacha. What's not halacha? What makes him so much greater than me? So the Gemara said to him, "It's not just a question of having learned the Gemara. The question is how how deep the person understands, how well the person understands." So the Shabbos says, "Okay, so I, I, I'm convinced I can understand just as well as the Vilna Gaon can." So the Gemara said, "Okay, so I'll ask you a question. Let's see how you answer. And after that, tell the Vilna Gaon answer the answer. Fine, he's ready for the challenge." So the Dudamagid asks him, he says in, in a number of times in the Mishnayis, we have the Mishnah gives a list of days. For example, the beginning of Megillah. The, the Mishnah says the Megillah can be on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, the 15th. And then it says, It gives you a list of days, not before, not after. And something, something you find in Tyrus as well, the same idea, we tell you a list of days. So he says in, in Shabbos, when it's, the Mishnah talks about which days the baby needs a breast. So it says the eighth day. And then if it's born of Ben Hashemashos, the ninth day. And if it's Ben Hashemashos of Shabbos, the tenth day. And if it's born of Hashemashos of Rosh Hashanah, the eleventh day. And if it's born of Ben Hashemashos of Rosh Hashanah, before Shabbos, the twelfth day. So why there doesn't the Mishnah say that? It's also a list of days. So the Rabbi thinks about it for a bit. And he launches into a very long pill pool to explain why Bris is bad, it's different to Megillah, it's different to Tyrus. I'm sure long explanation. Don't make lessons and lessons and lessons. Anyway, that's finished. That's what, that's, that's, what I've, that's what I have to say. What do you think of my answer? So the is very nice, but it's not what the Goan would have answered. So he says, yeah, you think the Goan had a better answer than me? He says, absolutely. It's exactly what the Goan have answered. So the Goan would have said that it does say that it does And uh, I just wanted to show him that uh, you know, there's different levels of scholarship. There's different levels of time. And what's the, what's the, the, the point behind the story? And that is, the the concept of leadership can be one of two ways. It's either a leader which people agree or understand is greater, and therefore they willingly submit themselves to a leader who is greater than them. Because they understand, this is somebody who has more experience than me, has more knowledge than me, and understands the topic better, is more able to do the job, and therefore I'm happy to accept them as, as someone who I'm going to take direction from because I respect them. They have a mailer, they have a certain advantage, a certain... Uh, level above me which I appreciate and you know, I'm willing to accept him as a leader so, whereas in a case where I don't see somebody else as being greater than me so then the feeling of person is so why should he be the leader not me he's, he's, he's not better than I am so if he can do it I can do it I don't see him as being greater than me now where does that come from where does it feeling that a person has that I feel unequal to anybody else or I feel as qualified as anyone else where does it come from so one of two options the one option, the one option is it's coming from a place of that there really is nothing amazing about the other person. There, there really is nothing that unique or special about them, and because of that, and then you're quite right to think of what makes them better than me. There really isn't anything. That's the one option. The other option is it could be that I'm not on the level to appreciate the difference between us, and because of that, I think we're all the same. But I don't realize, I don't appreciate that what the difference is because I'm I'm so far away from it that 
I don't begin to understand. Because I said that was had a kid in the father in the shul who took his kid home from his chumash party. You know, the kids when they start learning chumash, they make a whole procession with a production. They give each kid a chumash. Now you're learning Torah, and it's meant to encourage the kids that wow, it's a big deal. Now you're learning Torah. So this little four-year-old kid was going home from the chumash party holding his new chumash with his father, and he says to his father, "Noham, as achshav, I need my rebbe. Me and the rebbe are the same. He can learn chumash, and I can learn chumash. So exactly the same." So you understand, it's coming from a lack of knowledge of what Torah is and what Chumash is and what depth in Torah is. So yeah, I can and he can learn what makes us any different to each other. But it's no different to the child, just added Jewish people think, and that is, listen, Rashi explained the Gemara, I also explained the Gemara, why is Rashi better than me? It comes from a lack of understanding. And the more a person begin, learns, and the more a person understands depth in learning, and the more a person understands how complex the Torah is, the more a person begins to appreciate the difference, the distance between himself and Rashi. And uh, that, that attitude of well, what's the big difference? Rashi just explained the words. Ask whether this is a good job. A person sees that comes from a lack of, a lack of understanding. And the greater the, the person's knowledge of Torah is, the more they begin to appreciate how great the Gdolim were. And if a person doesn't feel like that, so the one option is, of course, it, like what the Pasuk says. It's not something which is empty from you, and that the Gemara says, if you think it's reik, imreiku, then it's mikam. If you don't see depth, you don't see understanding, if you don't see how, 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 how deep the topics are, it's because you're too shallow to understand that. It's because you're too superficial to have understood the points which are in a gear. And often you see this. Halacha um, has come up. So people who learned a little bit, say, of course, it's mut, it's also whatever it is. Why? Because it's similar to that case. It's so, no. You have to understand, there's much more complexity here. There are many more the points which have to be thought about, and it's not exactly the same thing, and every little de- detail make difference makes a big difference in halacha, and it's, it's much more complex than people would naturally think at the beginning. And when a person begins to understand that, then a person begins to appreciate the different levels of godless. So that's the one way which, which would ap- apply, and that is that uh, how much the person ar- ar- appreciates what godless is. But that only exists in a framework where there is real godless. Where there is something which is actually impressive, something which is actually the different levels of greatness. And I'm not saying that's necessarily confined to Torah, even though for sure that's what we see at the best. It could apply to other things as well, which means the same thing. A doctor has just uh, begun to practice. You might think that he and uh, some, famous, uh, some famous expert are very similar, what's the difference? But then when he begins to see it, things aren't so complicated, it's simple. And when things are complicated, you need more skill and expertise to know what to do. Then also he starts to understand the differences, there's levels of expertise. So the one point is, when people think we're all equals, it can come from a point of either a lack of understanding of the topic, and therefore a lack of appreciation of the different levels that could be in the topic, or the other option is, they really are equals. They really are equals. There's nothing impressive. There's nothing amazing about the other person. And if that's the case, then I'm, I'm right in thinking that I'm the equal. Now, let's talk about the second point first. This is the difference between the family of Yaakov and the family of Esav. The family of Yaakov, his sons, his grandsons, they all looked up and they saw the ya- Yaakov Avinu. And they all thought, Yaakov Avinu is somebody who is infinitely greater than we are. And therefore, in comparison to Yaakov Avinu, I'm a nothing. I'm happy to be his son, his grandson, his great-grandson. I'm going to consider myself anything special. No, when Yaakov Avinu is around... I consider myself nothing in comparison. Whereas in Esau's family, all his children and grandchildren looked up and they saw the head of the family, Esau. And what was the impressive about Esau? Nothing. 
Nothing. But he also used to eat like them, and he used to go hunting like them, and he used to and look for a woman to, to, to steal like them. But there's nothing impressive about Esav at all. And that's why cotton is satich You're bozi mo'it. You have no value. You have nothing great about you. And because of that, Esav says, he's the king. I'm a king. Why is he better than me? We'll all be, everyone's in love. If that's what greatness means, then I'm a chief too. I can also, and each, each person in Esav's family thought like that. Each person in Esav's family thought, why should he? I'm better than the next guy. Well, he's, he's, a, I'm not, he's not better than me. So why should he be in charge and not me? Each one decided they're a leader. And there's a Tanda Veliyahu talks about this. Tanda Veliyahu talks about a place that Leo and went to. And uh, he saw that the people were good people. And he gave them the brach. He should have one leader. And then he went to another place. And so everyone was defining with each other. And he gave them the brach. Everybody should be a leader. So Rishab and Levi heard about it. Asked them, what's going on? So he says, Adarabah. The bracha for a place is that there's a leader. Because everybody appreciates he's greater than them. And then everyone lets him lead. Because they all understand. He knows better than us. He's, great, he's wiser than us. He has more understanding. We'll accept what he says. And then you know that it's a place which is being led. As in opposed to a place where everybody considers themselves a leader. And why should I listen to him? I know just as well as he does. And then it's going, that's a place which is going to fall apart. Because if everyone's a leader, no one listens to anyone else. And the Gemara talks about this. The Gemara Megiddo says... There was a place called Germamia Shal Edom. Uh, the Yavit says that was Germany. It's interesting. But this place where there was, it says there are lots of little chieftains and they spend all day fighting with each other. Which was the situation until the unification of Germany in the late 1800s. Germany was made up of tiny little principalities. They never became an empire and they never worked together because each one thought, I'm, I'm, I'm as good as him. Why should I listen to him? He can listen to me. So, and that, that's, the nature, that's the nature of Esav. The nature of Esav is because there's no one really great. And therefore, there's no one that anybody else naturally respects as I should listen to you. So he makes himself a king. So the first point I wanted to explain is that the two points of what we see about Esau are really the same. On the one hand, it is cotton. That you're small and you're insignificant is what makes everybody in Esau consider themselves a leader. Because since there's no greatness and there's nothing real to look up to, so then there's no concept of respect that I, should, I see someone else is better than me. Or I see someone else that I should be listening to. Now, yeah. Um, so then the, the, the title to look up to isn't rather. You have to re- reassess what you call what title is uh, something which is worthwhile. Well, this, this okay, so then yeah, what we're saying is that in Kla Israel there is a concept of real greatness. And that's the, the Yaakov Avinu. And when Yaakov Avinu, so his family, no one's going to think of themselves as a mandamer. As somebody has a say or somebody has an opinion to make on Yaakov's there because they realize themselves. Yaakov's that much greater to be going to be willing to accept and be happy to listen to his direction. <clears throat> Why would it take on the, the face of that everyone says, oh, he's, well, um, he's nothing, so let me be nothing also? Why wouldn't that lend itself to he's nothing? Let me be actually greater because there's nothing there's not, there's, no, there's no concept of being great it's a concept of being important and therefore if he get, why, why should he get the covenant and not me there's no there's no but then the time back to you is why should you get the covenant and not him yeah, yeah. well I'm as good a candidate as he is so I'll, be, I'll make myself and I'll crown myself as well <coughs> everybody thinks they're a leader everybody's in the love each person wants to be a leader now that's the, that's the other side of when. Who are they leading? Yeah, they're good. They're kids. Until the kids grew up and made them to leaders too. That was uh, that was the that was the nature of Esav. 
Now, that's the first part. So on the one hand, the, the lack of ability to accept leadership can come from a lack of appreciation of leadership. The other way it works is a lack of ability to accept leadership comes from a, a, a lack of real greatness. There's no one who's actually a leader. Where do you see the difference? Where do you see the difference between the two? In other words, we see a person who considers himself to be all important because I don't consider him greater than me. Is because there really isn't anybody greater? Or do we see it in a, in a case that he's too young and too stupid to appreciate it, that how much, how much great many people are? So where do we see the difference? And this is an important point. I'll, I'll first I want to explain that idea and I'll tell you where it comes in Chazal. And the answer is, in any system there has to be a hierarchy. In any system there has to be a hierarchy. And do people who are higher up in the system appreciate the leader more? Do people who are higher up in the system appreciate the leader more? Then that means that people who are lower down, if they don't appreciate it, it's because they're too far away from it. They don't understand. Whereas if people higher up in the hierarchy don't appreciate the leader, then it means that they who, people who would understand the topic better and would be able to gauge more what the leader is actually worth, so then they don't, they don't see anything really worthwhile. So that means there isn't anything really worthwhile. And let's explain that now in terms of, well, that's, the, that's the difference, that's the way to differentiate between uh, saying that there is real greatness but people might not appreciate it to saying there's no real greatness, there's nothing to appreciate. How do people who would be the ones who would be considered the real judges of greatness able to appreciate? So let's talk about our world first, just to explain the point. And that is when we talk about a, a leader, a manik, a godling Israel. So the first question is, who are we looking for to decide who the godl is going to be? Who are the ones that have to crown the godl, so to speak? And we'll talk about what that means. And the answer is, the, the people who are most likely to be in that category, let's see what they have to say. So we'll look at the older Rosh Hashivas, look at the, the older Rabbanim of the Dar. Who do they listen to? Who do they consider someone to take direction from? Why? Because we understand, if people like that, who are on the level, appreciate somebody else as greater than them, then that shows that's a sign of real greatness. Whereas the fact that the, the population on the street decides this person's the leader, you, you, they don't necessarily have the tools to decide what real godless is. And therefore, if you want to look for greatness, look at the candidates. Look at the people who we consider already to be on a certain level of greatness, and I look up to who do they look up to. And then that's a sign that this is really great. If you want to take us to its extreme level, the Rambam writes that when Mashiach comes, He's not going to go around the streets like gathering a following of just passerby. He's going to go to have the G'dayle Adara or the Sanhedrin and he's going to present himself to them. And if they accept him, then we'll follow suit. Which means you want the people who can actually gauge something. The people on a higher level and then let them be the ones to decide. And once again, this isn't unique to Torah. If let's say a new person came to town and he claimed to be an expert in medicine. So who's going to decide if he's the expert? The person on the street who can't tell the difference between a, a cold and a flu? No, we're going to send them to the people who we consider experts in medicine, let them decide. And if they decide this person is so much more experienced than we are and knows so not much better, then they're people who understand that. So something applies here, and it's a Chazal. Chazal say, on the Pasuk in Shashirim, If you don't know who to follow, so follow the Ikvayatzain, the, so to speak, the footsteps of the sheep. And then Chazal say, if you don't show who's the God that we're meant to listen to, so listen, look, at, look at the people who are leading the flocks. Who do they listen to? And if you look at people who are some leaders in their own right, they accept guidance, accept leadership from someone else, then we can see that that's a sign of real leadership. Because they're the ones who may be in the best position to judge that or to be aware of that. 
and uh, that's that's one system. Whereas if we see the people who would be in the capacity best to judge someone are the ones who are their biggest opponents, his biggest opponents, the ones who claim that he's, a, in, he's ineffectual or he doesn't know what he's doing or whatever the case might be, then that's a sign there's no real leadership. There's no real leadership because it means that there's nothing great to look up to. And that uh, cr- creates a system where everyone wants to become a leader. How do we know who's a candidate and who's not? How do we know who the Dayan are, the ones that we So it's very simple. We have a certain level of people with one step up from us. We look up to them. We can say they know more than us, whether it's our Abonim, our Shishivas, our Shakoil, or whatever it's going to be. It's just one step up. Now, who do they look up to? We've got to step higher. And who do they look up to? We've got, there's, a, there's a hierarchy. We might be not the best one to judge that, but if the person that I respect respects this person, right. that means a lot to me. Whatever is considered, whatever is considered, or something of real value. Okay. So we're going to we're going to talk about that a little in a moment. Now, that's the first that's the first point. Now, with that in mind, let's go back to the world of Asaf. If we're looking, looking to our current leaders, the leader of flocks, to see whether this leader is worthy, what if there's Kalika Deus? If some leaders say, oh yeah, he's, he's amazing, he's the best leader in the world, and others say he's... Okay, we can talk about it. It's a good question. Let's not lose track of what I wanted to talk about, we'll come back to that later. Okay, so now the next point. What happens by Asaf's world? So like we said, in a system where there isn't anyone who's, everybody agrees, is more qualified to lead, or has an, or everyone agrees is a greater person. So now what system of leadership is going to be? There's one of two options. The one option is leadership through force. Leadership through force is that whoever's, the whoever's strongest wins. And therefore, whether you think I'm a good leader or not a good leader, that's pretty much irrelevant because I'm stronger than you and you're going to have to listen to me or you're going to get into trouble. That's one way of imposing leadership when there isn't a natural desire of people to accept somebody because they don't. So then it's leadership through, through force, leadership through might, which was pretty much the style of leadership that the world went through for a long time and other parts of the world. It still has that form of leadership. The other alternative is, and that is uh, for, the, for Asaph's world, was a big uh, step forward. And there's rather than leadership through force, leadership through democracy. And what's the idea of democracy? The idea of democracy basically means, and that is, everybody is, can, is welcome to be a candidate, everybody can make a decision, everybody is equal, and whoever convinces the most people, that's when it becomes the leader. Which means, leadership isn't based on real merit, real, real leadership is based on the ability to convince the most people. When it started, uh, was the only elite class? It first started in Greece, that only the elite class could vote, which is similar almost to like... It depends what the what what's being voted about. In other words, if we're talking about something which is uh, a certain level of importance, which we're going to spend in a minute, so then it's different. to just everyone can vote equally. There's no one. Everyone has one vote, and everybody can decide equally. And whoever most people will want to will want to win will win. That's be'etzim, just a, a, a non-violent way of Asa's leadership. The powers by the people. Everyone's in the luf. There's no one who's really great. Everybody can be a candidate. And ever, most people like will win. Even though a lot of the people aren't really qualified to know what's a good leader. If you're asking every single kid to put in a vote, 
what are you voting based on? Do you understand what's important in a leader? What are the qualities you're looking for? What a person needs to do to have the job? No. But it's a question of popularity. And just to bring this point out, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the practical answers, let's say we were deciding an imp- a, pos- a certain position which needed a person who was very capable. The general of the army. The director of the foreign affairs. I don't know what. The, the, the person in charge of a hospital. Or whatever important job it needs, it needs certain skills. So even in today's world of democracy, no one's going to think, now let's decide who's going to be the general, who's going to be the main, uh, the brigadier of the, this troop and the admiral of the navy, based on the popular vote. Because everyone understands, uh, people have to be qualified for the job. It's certain, and if a person isn't qualified, then there's no point voting him in. And the fact that most people say, well, democracy, you want to choose. You're not a man you don't even understand what's important for the job. So in areas like that, where it actually needs a certain professionalism or first knowledge of the topic, that even in today's world of democracy, people understand that this is a system which has to work through merit. And it's a system which has to work through ability. It doesn't depend on democracy. And when it comes to leadership, that's democracy. Do you have the same question? If this, if this is something which needs skill, if this is something which needs uh, certain abilities, so then what are, who, the people who should be the ones to decide are the people who can best assess those abilities. Now, is it a better system than the, a violent system that preceded it? For sure. But is it uh, the ideal system? Absolutely not. The ideal system is leadership through, through the fact that a person deserves more to be a leader. And if that's the case, so then we're not looking just at the person who's chosen by the biggest amount of people. We're looking at a case where a person, everyone understands that they have the, that they have the merits to be the leader. Like in the case of Yako's family, they're the ones who everyone defers to because they appreciate this person is, is better able to lead than us. So, just to sum up the, the background hashkafa, and then by this we'll discuss the questions. So the background hashkafa, the background decide is that the difference between leadership by Yaakov, leadership by Esav, is, is the leadership based on appreciating somebody is actually greater, and therefore, it's not a question, I'm going to listen to him because I know he knows more than me, I know he understands better than me, I know that he has more to if you're going to talk about it in that terms, and in Mela, I'm willing to accept, I'm willing, I'm willing to accept advice and direction from someone who I, I respect is on a higher level than I am. Or, in a case where I don't see any Mela by the leader, and in no way is he intrinsically better than I am. I could be just as good a candidate as him. So then there's two ways to go about that. Either it's going to be just to have a stronger, and you're going to get into fights, or we're going to find some system which we're going to play nicely, so to speak, and then let, so to speak, let, let, let the system work uh, within a system of equals. So let the one who most people like become equal. Does that mean he's actually better? No. It doesn't mean he's actually better. It could be that the person who lost the election would have been better. It doesn't make a difference. He found a way to deal with the situation of choosing when there isn't any real merit. Of, 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 of deciding when there isn't actually any real advantage. Now, with that in mind, let's come to uh, the different ways the questions can be asked. Yeah? Two short questions. First of all, make out the according to what we're saying here, when a bad king would have come up in Mahathis Yisrael, or Mahathis Yehuda, this Ahedon would have had to pick someone else? Mahathis Yisrael was a bad, a bad system. It was a system of force. But even Mahathis Yehuda, there was... So then there were certain criteria for the king, for sure. So then we should have bad some Ahedon would have had to come along and choose someone better. We're talking about a time when there were Nevi'im, so it would be the Nevi'im's job. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you see that Hashem demoted kings and you don't want them anymore. Okay. Yeah? The question is that I think the, the, the response argument to what the Lord is saying sort of is that 
if you allow everyone to vote, sort of you usually will have that people will automatically choose people that are more. For example, a few years ago there was like a rapper who wanted to become president. It didn't get anywhere. But most normal people understand that the person is completely incapable of running countries. So that's sort of that idea, general idea is that most people know more or less what to look for. Yes and no. Uh, most people have, uh, uh, don't, don't know the qualities a person needs to lead. I definitely don't assess everybody's candidate's qualities and they make a decision. Most democracies in the world nowadays, you'll pick someone to represent you, and then that person will, will be part of a greater party, and that person will then vote in who they want to lead that party. It's only in England. Uh, it doesn't work no, like obviously, that. It's separate, but Israel is most of Europe as well. The, 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 the leader of the party is voted by the party. So okay. you can't vote who's going to run the party. You could choose at the end of the day who's going to run the, run the country by a choice of different people. But most leaders are chosen by leaders to an extent, apart from America. It's no. true, America. America, the... the, the, the yeah. I, 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 I don't agree, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because the higher people in America are McGee's. <coughs> they're all like losers, and they're all McGee's. So if you want... This majority of people call it code. I'm no better than someone who actually understands leadership in America because they are such crazy ideas. Right, so, I agree. So democracy is a system in the Western world. is a perfect system. It's not it's a perfect the best system. system they can have. That's what I said. It's the best system they can have because other system would be violent, which you have a stronger. Right, you need to understand. But the, 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 the underlying fault in the system is it starts from the point of everybody's a candidate and there's no one who's intrinsically better. Which might be the best system in that in that in that world. It might be the best system. It starts from a place that no one that no one knows what a good candidate is. Okay. Okay. So whatever you want to say, I, I, what I'm saying is the point is in, in the Western world, it's like a it's like a much better than any other option. But you must remember, this is the world of Asaf. This is the world of Asaf. In Yaakov's world, it doesn't work like that. Now that's just for us. That's the background. Let's bring it to Asa. Let's bring, let's bring it to Asa. Yes. So I said the two is, is one's exactly the same as the other one. Because Aesav is Bosley Atomboid, you're extremely insignificant, that's what ever makes himself an aloof. We all equals because no one's really great. Now, let's bring it to Mace. So the first way this actually had Mace the certain care of session I was giving. And someone asked me, Well, in your world who's the leader? So this was the time when Ravan Epstein was still alive. And I said, we have an old rabbi, and his name is Rav Steinman, we consider him our leader. Well, how did he get voted in? So I said, and that, that's a fair question, because people coming from that mindset, this is a dumb question. Like, how did you vote your leaders? Like, how often do they get, are the elections? How, what, what's your dem- the democracy? And the answer is very simple. I said, listen, uh, what's the point of democracy? The idea is that the best man should win. I said, the best man won. But not only that, he was uncontested. No one was going to stand against him. So we need an election. And that's, uh, that's the Yisait. The Yisait is that when there's someone who's really great, uh, what, you know, Chaim is up as an option for God Ladar. So who's going to put the candidacy against him? If we understand anything, we understand this greatness and we don't, we don't compete. So what, I'm going I'm to compete with the God Ladar. It's ridiculous. So it, it just, even in, in that mindset of, you know, the best man should win, okay, but we don't have to have an election because he's not a candidate. So if he's, if he's, if he's, if he's uncontested, everybody agrees. Then everyone's supporting him to start with. And after Gershon has left, don't Sorry? Uh, this is the care of questions. We'll talk about practical things later. Now, so that's, the, that's the first point. If it's a time question, like, what's the system? What's the system? The answer is, it's partial. If we have a candidate that everybody accepts, we don't have to vote. There's no other option. 
And if that's the case, if it's clear who the, the leader is going to be, and not only that, all the other candidates or potential candidates, they also accept he's somebody who's on a higher level than us. So then we have a perfect system without having to, so to speak, have an election. It's understood automatically. Agav, when they answer of Moshe Feinstein this question, again, a non-Jewish reporter who's coming from that world, so they were introduced to Moshe Feinstein as the leader of, of world jury. So he asked him, how did you get elected? So I Moshe going to answer. So as he said, you know, people can't ask me their questions, they're happy with the answers, so more people can't ask me their questions, and then... Uh, and what else? That, that, it was, without, if you're trying to be an honor, that's the only way you can give the answer. The answer is, people expect you. People understand you know more. People are, are come to ask you for advice, and they respect your advice. And it's understood that this is the leader. Fine, so that's the first one. The question is going to be, how, how, no, the, the time question, no, how do you choose leaders? The answer is, we still the system of Yaakov Avinu. Leaders are people who actually are greater. And everybody respects that. And if that's the case, it's not that after four years' term we have to decide again because what's changed? He's still greater. So then you have, it's, a, it's a life position. If somebody, we're fortunate enough to have somebody that we respect and look up to, we're going to keep them. The idea that four years later than that we have to decide again is really a tremendous insult to the leader. And saying that we don't really think you're doing that great and we want to keep checking on you because we might change our mind about you. And you probably will. That means that I don't really respect you as being good at what you do. And like I said, now, if it's going to become more of a Russia question, it's like, you know, someone was trying to debate the system, that they think the system is actually better. So the answer is exactly what we said before. And that is, why isn't, if you think democracy is the perfect system, then why isn't every single professional appointment made by democracy? Let's decide who the, army, the general of the army is going to be. Let's decide who's going to run the, the, the reserve bank of the country. Let's decide every important position. Let's do this in democracy. You'll have a balance sheet of 60 names for every single important position. Let people decide everything. Why just the leaders politically? And the answer is because most people aren't qualified to do those jobs. And you're going to run the economy and you're going to run the army and you're going to run the whatever other positions you're going to give to people who aren't qualified to do it. I can tell you about it. I'm from South Africa. I know you're in a government. Right? Uh, that's exactly the problem. When you take people who are incompetent, it doesn't help to vote them in. They can't do the job. They vote in by people. So that's a bigger problem. It should be a professional appointment, and everybody in a normal world understands that. That there are certain professional jobs that you look for the person with the most merit, not the person who's going to get the most votes. And leadership should be exactly the same. Should. If there was a way, to, a barometer to ma- measure what a good leader needs to be, then it should be. It should be that it should be understood and agreed upon who's the best candidate. The problem is it's not. Because people have the gears, because power corrupts, because whatever other reason you want. Okay, so the least bad option is democracy. But for sure, we all understand that if you're talking in a, in a setting where uh, professionalism is important and knowledge of the topic is, uh, is, is important and the person who can do the job better, we want them to do a better job, so we understand ourselves it's going to be a merit system and not necessarily a, demo- uh, a, de- a democracy. That's, that's the way to, if you, if you wanted to debate the issue, that would be the way to, to debate it. Now, the third point, and that is, what's the Chacham question? And that is, if a person listens to what you just said, so the, the question is going to be, so then how do you tell real merit? How do you tell real merit? If you're looking for a system of merit rather than a system of popularity, and a system which everyone else respects, so then how do you tell? What, 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 are the, what, what, what do we see as signs of, of, of uh, that somebody else is greater? So now, here's, here, here we have to be careful, because... Here we have to answer the question differently from our perspective than what you can explain to somebody who doesn't have that perspective. Because from our perspective, it's very simple. Godless is terror. And therefore we're going to see a person who knows more, a person who understands more, a person who 
receive has a, has more of a, uh, a, a, a ability to to decide on, on how complicated halachic shayla is. Uh, somebody who has more of a idea in terror, somebody who has more shmai in the psak, whatever it's going to be. Somebody who's tefillah zamiskabel. Somebody who he gives advice and you see that he had said the Shema what he said came true whatever the area is going to be so for us of course we're looking to see godless we're going to look in the area of spiritual things and for us that, that defines godless not only that this was what HaKadosh Baruch originally promised Moshe Rabbein when Moshe davened before he died that the Klai should never be in the position of being leaderless that the flock of Hashem should never be leaderless with like a sheep without a shepherd and Hashem said he'll make sure there's Isha La'ida and he does HaKadosh Baruch always provides a leader for Klai Yisrael and with the, the, the qualities we look to see as a leader are those areas of Godless and Torah Godless and Halacha wherever it's going to be there's a famous question of after Rabbi Yashiv died so there's a famous story of two senior Rashi Yeshivas who came to Rashi and they asked him like no they, they could see that he had taken over the role so to speak of being the manik so they, they weren't coming to challenge him they, came, they asked him like how do you know you're meant to be the next manik like how can you say the next time uh, one or two major questions came to him so he called them in and he said here yeah, do you want to try to deal with the question and there was something which was of obviously some extreme importance to uh, the rabbi and something which needed a certain ability to make a decision which could affect a lot of people and I said we, 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 we're too scared to touch such a question Okay, so Sharon says, then I have to do the job. Then you understand that that's what, 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 what the job of manic is. I go, I'm just going to stop you for a second to tell you a story I personally was witness to. Um, I was very close. Well, I say very close. I was close to Rosh Taiman because his guy and his driver was a good friend of my father. So as a Bacha, I often used to go to the neighbor to the Rosh Taiman's guy, as long as Yisrael wasn't gotten. I used to spend Shabbos with him. And we made it. That meant spending the whole Shabbos with him in Rosh Taiman's house. So we had long, a number of times long Shabbos afternoons when we were just the four of us sitting around the table. The guy by his son, myself, and Rashtami. So we got to know each other quite well. So at uh, one time, I was there on a Friday afternoon. It was just before Rosh Chodesh Elul. We're talking now over 20 years ago, 25 years ago. There was a time when they called the second intifada. A lot of bus bombings in Eretz Israel. Dafkin that summer, there were a few terrible tragedies where people got from buses and they got blown up. And it was Friday afternoon. Rav Shlaimi didn't have a phone in his house. So someone wanted to reach him. They had to call the Gabbai to ask him. So there was a phone call from Rav Elias Fei. Rav of Philadelphia, was then considered the eldest Rosh Hashim in America. And he called the Gabbai and he said to him, next week's Rosh Chodesh Elul. And all the Bach in America asked him, should they come back to Israel for Elul's one or is it too dangerous? So he says, I can decide. He's got Rav Shlaimi. And then we know I'm going to tell everybody to do. Touch the Gabbai. He calls us. Come on. Can I come and listen? So we get in the car, we drive to Shlaiman's house, just before Shabbos, so before Shabbos, I was on there. So we come inside, we sit at the table, and the guy asked the question, and eventually called me from America, next to Shkhadish Elul, the tens of thousands of Talmudim who want to come here for the news man, but they were, it's a kind the bus bombings. What should we tell them, yes or no? Now, who's going to take a price for such a shine? That's already the God. So Shlaiman thought about it, and he said like this, he said, the truth is, he said, there's two questions. He said, that the Lord's Bach, who want to come to Israel to learn, he said, for them, I'll tell them, come. Nothing's going to happen to them. But the problem is, once I give the Hetzer that all the Bach should come, there'll be a lot of Bach also coming and not learning. And now who's going to look after them? And they're relying on my sack. He said, 
So am I going to take a Christ even for the boys who are going to come and not be learning? And that's going to happen to them either? See, that's the shine. And he put down his head for three minutes. And he, and he thought about it. And he said, right. Oh, they should all come. Nothing's going to happen to anybody. Now, wh- what does it take to make such a decision? That's what needs a God. And that's why even people great in their own rights, like Rebellion, for example, in this story, or other people who are great in their own rights, understand there's somebody who we have to rely on to make decisions which we can't make. That's a sign of real godliness. And then that's what we look up to when we talk about a real leader. Someone that we're going to respect. Questions like this. We don't have the knowledge how to answer. It needs a certain uh, god, it needs a certain hachra, it needs a certain siyad al-ishmai, let's call it that. Akkadish Baruch says there will be somebody in every dark that has that ability and that's, uh, that, 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 and that's, that's who we're going to look up to as our leader. But it's a leadership based on merit. And it's not going to change after 4 years or 10 years or 20 years. It's a still leadership based on merit. And if someone has the ability that you can rely on them in such a situation, good, we look up to them as a leader. Now, that's, that's for us, once again. If a person is going to answer the question, so what defines real leadership? What defines real leadership? So the answer is, that leadership is, needs three things. Leadership needs three things. And this, with the science for in our world, we're going to talk about leadership being being godless material, being, being able to pass, whatever we're going to talk about in our world, even if you're going to talk to a different audience, and they want to know, okay, so what is a real leader? What do you look for to see real leadership? As a, so there's two, three things which you'll see are very lacking in Aesop's world. <coughs> are very lacking in Aesop's world, which is why there are no real leaders. Number one, and Agav, this is true in our world also. This is the signs of a leader, which Moshe Rabbeinu himself defined as being a leader. Number one, how concerned are you for the welfare of the people you're leading? How much are you interested in helping the people you're trying to lead? How much is that a priority? That's the first sign of a leader, and it's a sign Moshe said. You need a leader who's going to be there to help people. And if a leader is not interested in helping people, he's not a leader. He's interested for his own position, or his own covered, or his own salary, whatever it's going to be. Number one of a leader is how interested in helping people. And when I talk about this in non-from settings, I always have a very good way to show the difference. Is there such a thing as Kabbalah's call by the president? Or by the prime minister? Nothing to talk about. You can send a letter to your councilman, or send it to somebody else who might get to a senator, and maybe one of the secretaries of the president eventually hear about it if enough people sign. Maybe. You want to go talk about what you're talking about? I want to do with you. There hasn't been a godl in Israel that doesn't have Kabbalah's call for anybody. There's no rank, there's no importance, there's no, you can only come here if you're a certain dignitary. Anybody, just wait and you'll get seen. Why? Because the godl of Israel is interested in helping Israel. That's the first requirement for leadership. You're interested in helping the people you're leading. And if you don't care about the people you're leading and you're inaccessible to them, you're not a leader. You want it for yourself, you want to be Hashav, you want to have power, you're not a leader. That's the first sign of a good leader is how much he's interested in helping the people he's trying to help. Number two. Number two. And that is also something which it talks about by a Jewish leader. Again, Moshe Rabbein. He's talking about Yeshua. And that is the second sign of a leader is how much is he willing to take advice and discuss things with other people. And when Hashem says Yeshua should be a leader, Moshe says, he has, to, he has to be willing to ask the Kohen God. And then, there's a second point of leadership, which means, how much am I willing to, to think beyond my own ego, what I want to do, and lower myself to ask someone else's opinion, 
whatever it's going to be. Now, of course, you're talking about a Navi. And Hashem told him, he doesn't ask anybody else. But if you're talking about somebody else who's in the leadership capacity, so I'm willing to ask other people who, who this is the topic, they know better than me. And uh, the, fa- the fact that the person is not, I'm on everything. I'm the leader, I decide everything. It's a mistake. It's coming from, a, it's coming from an ace of approach. That I see I'm the greatest, or I don't think anyone else is any great, it has anything better to offer than I do. So, you know, gonna, why should I ask someone else? But if you're talking about, sorry? Again, like I said, something which needs Yatat Yishmaya was one thing. But if you wanted to discuss what to do in a certain situation, well, then I need to know more information. So then you ask somebody what they think what, from their perspective. He, I, I was a Bachar at the time. And a few questions came from South Africa. He used to call me in and ask me, tell me from what you know in South Africa, what's the story? Did that mean I was giving him a decision? No, he didn't make the decisions. But if you want to know something, so you're going to ask people to tell you this, more information. I want to know. I want to understand better the story. I want to hear the background. It wasn't to him. It's, if, if, that's, if the matara is it's a, a merit system, and if there's an area where this is somebody's, they have information or they have knowledge, they have skill, whatever it's going to be, let me speak to them. It's, it's, it's based on this is the area which this person knows. That's the second point. I'm truly, as opposed to a person who, no, it's, it's, a, it's like a lack of comfort for them to have to ask someone else, and therefore that, that becomes a priority. That's the ASF system. And then the last example of a true leader, the last example of a true leader, and this is, uh, this is something I saw myself, and that is, uh, and this is seen by Baruch Hashem, I've been zeichet to know a few Gdari Yisrael. There's never a sense that a godly is scared of competition. It doesn't happen. It's not coming from a point I'm trying to protect my position. It's, uh, for example, the when when the which story shall I start with? When when, when you go to even at the God Ladar, but anybody who's considered a category of someone close looks up to, and you talk about a different God. It's ne- now, if you're talking about political leaders, what have to talk? How do they talk about each other? It's a competition, right? I will do my best to put him down, to bury him, to destroy him, to badmouth him because he's my competition. It never happened. When we spoke to Shlomo Zalman about Rabbi Yosh, we spoke to Rabbi Yosh about Shlomo Zalman. We spoke to Rabbi Chaim about Rabbi Shlomo. We spoke to Rabbi Shlomo about Rabbi Chaim. They were matched with each other tremendously. There was never a sense of competition that, like, you know, this is he's running against me. Hakadosh Baruch decides in each case who he wants to be the manik, but that doesn't mean there's going to be a certain animosity or a certain jealousy between each other. And that's a good sign. You want to see how someone, how great somebody is as a leader? How does he talk about other candidates? Because if it's something which is personal, and then it's a, then it becomes a fight of. I'm the, I'm the chief, you're the chief, I'm the aluf, you're the aluf, then of course he's, he's, he's against me, I'm going to try to put him down. Whereas if it's a, it's a society which is based on merit, then I consider, I consider him to be a great person. And that's a, that's a sign of a, where a person can appreciate greatness. You know, let's finish the story. The, uh, the younger Galinsky says that he had a friend who was a politician. And uh, in the early days of the state, so pretty much there were two big parties. There was one on the right, one on the left. Uh, and uh, in a certain election, so each one of those big parties got 50 seats. And then there was like three or four seats in the middle, which uh, Kharim got two or three seats. Arab got the insignificance. So this politician is very proud of himself. So he met Solyanka Galinsky. So he said, no, isn't this a proof that you know, the truth is with us? Look, you have, look how many seats we got. We got 50 seats. And then after you got three. So like I said, it's a democracy, it's, it's not a system of truth. But that's not the point right now. So Yaakov Gdinsky answered him, and he said, I don't know, you got 50, the left also got 50. So 
if you say the truth with you, how come they got 50, as many votes as you got, they got as well? Why'd they ever vote for you? So the guy says, what does that mean? So half the truth is us, and half the truth is them. So how can things exactly? All the, thing, all the bad things that you said about them, your voters believed. All the bad things they said about you, their voters believed. So uh, half of the truth is with both of you. Each one believed what they said about the other ones. But uh, this, uh, Emerson, that, that's, that's politics. And that is, um, I try to say how bad the other side is. I put them down. Because it's a competition. And therefore it's not that I have anything great to show that I'm better. All I can do is show how bad they are. It's a system where everybody's empty, so that it only works on trying to like push push the opposition to kill him and by, by definition I'm better than him because he's a criminal and he's this and he's that and this is a lie and this one's dishonest so it makes me better by default that's not real greatness real greatness is something which is really much greater about a person so to sum up if the Chachim question is going to be what really defines a leader how concerned is he for, is he for the people he's leading number one number two how willing is he to ask advice from other people in other words not about Gaiva and number three how does he talk about the competition those are signs of a system which we're talking about merits rather than a system which is talking about populism. Now, are we trying to fix the world now? Maybe for us, democracy is the best system. But if you're trying to explain why our system is different, then we have a system of, of Yaakov. We don't work with democracy. We have a system which is based on merit, which is based on people that we respect and look after to lead us. If that's the case, we don't need a democracy. We have a system. <coughs>